0: back. We're going to be discussing the issue of authority when it comes to our children. So let me pray for us and then we'll jump in here. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you're our authority. Lord, we ask that we would trust in that authority, that we would teach this authority to our kids, Lord. And we ask that uh, you would be at work in their hearts so that they could see the, the beauty of that. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So our principle for tonight is one of the foundational heart issues in the life of every child is authority. Teaching and modeling the protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting. So teaching and modeling the protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting. So the central issue, deeper than, say, respect, uh, dis- disrespect, defiance, and disobedience is this issue of authority. We aren't just dealing with the words and behaviors of children. We're dealing with the thing that shapes them, which is their heart. We've talked a lot about uh, the whole idea of the heart issue of our children a lot to this seminar. Children have a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact that they have been born into a world of authority and that they're not it. So submission to authority that is different than themselves is an unnatural thing for them. Sin wants us to set our own rules. Uh, Paul David Tripp says that our children come into the world as self-appointed little sovereigns. So they uh, come into the world thinking that they are the ones that make the decisions. They're the ones that control everything. But we know, uh, just by living in this world for long enough, that we are not the ones in control. Let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 15. Let's look at uh, how the cross speaks into authority here. Second Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. One of Jesus' primary purposes of dying on the cross was to address this very authority problem. This means that we as Christian parents are not... Uh, on our own in this battle to establish authority in the lives of our children. See, our tone, our size, our personality, and our voices cannot deliver our children from self-rule. If we had that power, then Jesus would never have had to have gone to the cross in the first place. But this passage seeks to teach us that the hard work of establishing biblical authority in our kids' hearts is a great gospel work that God has given to us and we need to take very seriously. So let's just look at a few tidbits here uh, in regards to authority uh, and how it is gospel work. So let's start there. Exercising authority is God's work. It's gospel work. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Very famous passage about children and parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So where does our authority as parents come from? Well, We have no autonomous authority that is not dependent on anything. Yes, we have the right to exercise authority as we see fit in the context of our families, but our authority serves in a way that's more like an ambassador. Okay, Ambassadors have no independent or autonomous authority other than that that is given to them. If I represent a country, I have no more authority than the authority that I submit to. So if a U.S. ambassador were independent and did whatever they wanted, they would get into a lot of trouble. Things would get very sticky very quickly. Uh, Other nations might get offended. Uh, Wars might start. Uh, Money would just get spent on whatever the ambassador felt like that day. This is why ambassadors are representatives. They represent. They aren't the authority. They represent their authority. So an ambassador serves as an an authority insofar as they represent the authority of the country and its government and is in submission, that's the most important part, it's in submission to that authority. So what does this mean for us as parents? Well, it means that as we parent, we are exercising in submission to and under the authority of God. This is why it's unwise to exercise our authority when we're angry. Because typically, our emotions lead us to say and do things that we shouldn't do or say. Uh, We're put in a place to uh, put on display the loving, kind, protective, and caring authority of God's authority. Uh, Paul David Tripp says, We should never exercise authorities in ways that makes it look as if we're breaking relationship with our children. That's why it's so important for us to do this in wise in loving ways because we can break the trust of our children so quickly if we're not careful. If we wield our authority like some sort of weapon then our children will always see it as that, as a weapon. They'll never see the beauty of it. Mood-led authority often results in confusion and inconsistency with children. So as we display submission to God's authority we, we pray that our children see the 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 wonder in that, right? Uh, so we should be asking ourselves this question. What kind of picture do our children get of God's authority by the way that we exercise ours? We need to be like an ambassador. So, uh, secondly, helping kids understand why they do what they do is also gospel work. So not only exercising authority, but also uh, helping them understand why they do what they do is gospel work. Uh, Looking back at that passage, what does the the last line emphasize? It emphasizes that we're called to both discipline and instruction. Our kids at their core don't know why they do what they do. Last week we spent a lot of time talking about their lostness. So we as parents are called to instruct them and help them build their spiritual self-understanding. Which is why our discipline should always be a step in our teaching. Uh, Short conversations where, where we call our kids to look at and examine their hearts and behaviors. The more we as people see the reasons that we do the things that we do, the more likely we are to admit when we're wrong and run to Christ. And the same goes for our children in the grace of God. We want them to see the grace of God. We want them to understand that they're under God's authority, but also know that with that comes a relationship. We can reap good gospel work as we help our children see what's going on in their hearts and point them towards a greater and far better authority than we can ever be. So with this, we need to be asking ourselves this question. How often do we combine discipline with patient insight and in giving instruction? So another part of God's gospel work in our children as we show them authority is establishing authority early. In the little things is doing gospel work. Uh, so, what are those little moments where we can capitalize on early uh, in order to teach our children about authority? We don't want to start having these conversations in their teenage years. Uh, that, that's just a, a, a bad combination, right? Trying to teach someone who thinks that they rule the world. <laughs> about authority. We need to start early. We need to show them in, in their, their young years uh, about God's authority. So the little things that, that build up, these arguments about food or dress or music, uh, movies, they're all important. We need to see these conversations not, not as important because of the content, but rather because we're pressing in on those true heart issues. It's not about the food. It's not about the shirts. It's not about the inappropriate dress. It's not about the TV shows that they want to watch, but rather it's about this picture of Authority. We should be grateful for these moments. God's grace; uh, He he works in those moments. He takes those moments that you feel like, "Why am I even having this conversation? I should just, I should just go to bed. I don't need to be uh, pressing in on this with my children." But God did exactly that at the cross, right? Think about it. He He took those that bad moment, right? And he turned it into a a fantastic and great one because he was willing to step in and display authority in a beautiful way. So when we're in those moments of of argument with our kids, whether they're they're toddlers all the way up to teenagers, uh, we're to see see them less as as tedious and not worth the, the headache, but rather as a means to march towards the goal. We need to clarify what obedience looks like and show them the joy that can be found in it. So we we should take those little steps and capture those moments step by step. So in this, we need to be asking this question. Are we fighting those authority battles early? If the answer is no, then we need to start working towards that. So let's turn to Hebrews 13.8. We're going to look at how exercising authority consistently is doing God's work. Consistently, Hebrews thirteen eight tells us this: Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, You know, what is the problem with a boss that never reacts the same way, or, or never has the same expectations? Well, they could be having a bad day, and they can take it out on you. Or they can have expectations one way that one day that are different than the next, so you never know what to expect. So think about how that same situation can translate into our parenting of our children. Our children, uh, will get so easily confused if we exercise authority as the wind blows, or by our emotional state at any given moment. I said earlier that this is a, this is a trust breaker. Okay? But if you go back to that Hebrews passage, if you go, go back one verse, right before it talks about how Jesus Christ is consistent, he says this, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the Word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then he talks about how Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He points to the consistent authority of Christ as the reason why we listen to godly authority. And if he's given that to us, then let us take heed to Christ's unchanging Authority in our lives, so that we can show that to our children. We need to display that same level of consistency. I know we're not perfect, and we will never do this perfectly, but we need to aim to do it better each and every day. See, it's not just our children that have an authority problem; we have an authority problem. Uh, we need to to check our authority pulse often. So we need to ask ourselves: Are we humbly owning the rebellion of our own hearts as we deal with the rebellion in our children? in a way that causes us to exercise authority with a lot of patience and a lot of mercy. So let's turn to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5.1. And we're going to look at how discussing authority by talking about the cross is gospel work. So Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So what did Jesus die in order to do? He died to free us from bondage, which means he died to free our children of their own independent authority. So we're to talk about the cross and what that means when we exercise our authority. Every rebellious moment is an opportunity to talk to them about their Savior one who can save them from themselves. So with this, we need to be asking ourselves this question. In moments of discipline, do you often point your children to the hope and help that's found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? I think a lot of times we're afraid to do this. But we need to not be afraid because God has promised us Remember when he promised at the Great Commission. I will what? I will be with you until the end of the age. Even though that may directly apply to the the going and making disciples of all nations, that, that so much applies to our families as well. We are making disciples in our families with our children. And he promises to be with us every step of the way. As we aim to show our children that Christ has set them free, that for freedom has set, uh, that Christ has set us free. And the reason is right there, stand firm, therefore do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. We are showing our children that they have a far better life with Christ than they do under their own rule. If we're afraid to go into those conversations, we need to step back and think of why. Why are we so afraid to engage in that? Why are we so afraid to have those conversations? Um, We always need to to parent with a great level of care. And I I totally understand uh, some parents' fears when they they don't want to to push their children towards the church, push them towards the gospel, so much that their kids end up resenting them for it. I think there's a certain level of care and grace that we need to display as we do that. But it always, uh, concerns me when, uh, when parents just want to, well, I'm just gonna let them make their own choice. And hopefully they'll, they'll choose the church. Hopefully they'll choose the gospel. Hopefully they'll choose Jesus. Doing that makes us forget the, the role that we have as parents. Yes, our children are going to have to make decisions for themselves. Yes, they're going to have to live for uh they're gonna to have to, to live life, you know. We can't always help them make every decision. But God has put us in their life for this reason, to show them Jesus. And if we're too afraid to do that, if we're too afraid to do this this whole Galatians five thing, to show them that Christ has set them free then how helpful is that for their souls? If that's you, please don't, don't hear me as, as critiquing you as a parent. I, I, I love you and, and I, I want you to know that I'm for you. Um, I've just seen so many parents use that as a, a reason to just check out. And we need to be very aware, very aware of that. So Jesus died to freed us from bondage and, and let us always be pointing our children towards that. So just wrapping up here this this whole idea of authority there's no bigger heart issue in children than that of authority this issue reveals the depth of the hold of sin in their hearts and the absolute need of a savior a better authority that we can ever be better authority that we can ever imagine so let us give our children a picture of that authority as we exercise it humbly, as we exercise it lovingly, as we exercise it patiently, kindly, in light of the fact that we are, as we talked about earlier, ambassadors for Christ. If you have a hard time understanding how to exercise your authority as a parent, welcome to the club. Uh, We're all figuring this out as we go along but we need to be doing what the Scriptures say, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, went to the cross, endured the cross, despised the shame, and what is He doing? He's now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. That place of authority, that place of power, And as our authority, we look to Him, we trust in Him, we we pray daily that He would show us how to exercise that authority. That's a great place to start. That's a wonderful place to start. And God will work through that, I promise you. We pray and ask God to help us uh, be more godly. I don't think there's anything He takes greater joy in. And us admitting our weakness and coming to him asking for his strength. So let us do that. Let us pray for that. Uh, we're going to discuss this a little bit more uh, in detail here in just a minute. But I want to pray for us. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you uh, have come to this earth to teach us. You've come to this earth to love us. You've come to this earth to show us mercy And You've come to this earth to free us from our bondage. Lord, we want to rule. We want to be in authority. But Father, there's nothing more freeing than giving that authority up and resting in Yours. So I pray for these parents. I pray for their children. I pray that You would teach them and help them. And Lord, we pray for our little ones' hearts, Lord, that you would reveal in them their own self-rule, their own self-sovereignty. And I just pray that you would use us as parents to speak into these things in ways that our children see it and are amazed by the beauty of it. I pray all this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen.